Praise God, the presence of the Lord. And then the hearts of the believers united together. Amen. To extol the Lord, to extol his word. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to start a series, and this will be uh, number one in the series of teaching. Understanding prophetic timing. Understanding prophetic timing. This is a very important um, topic that we need to understand, that we need to study, especially now that we are in the end times. End times, we all understand that it means the end of all times. So as we are drawing near, as we are now in this transitioning time, I talked about that last Sunday, it's very important that we understand in all you're getting, get understanding. If you don't understand, you just go by a formula, you just go by religious seal, or you just go by feelings. No, no, no. With understanding, that's how God order our steps, regulate our steps, and lead us so that our steps are sure, our choices, our choices and decisions are accurate. When we talk about prophetic timing, we're talking about one of the mysteries of God. The Bible talks about in, um, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 9. Who has years to hear, let him hear. We're not talking about your earlobes. We're talking about the inner years. Every one of us has inner years. So who has years to hear, let him hear. Here. Now remember, everything, there's a Godward side and there is a manward side. There is the will of God, there is the free will of man. So everything that happens to us comes by choice. It's our free will, the decisions of our free will, our choices. So who has ears to hear? The word of God says, let him. Let him. That means it's, you are the one to decide. Let him hear. And then in Matthew 13, verse 11, why? Because it is given unto you to know. Say with me, know. To know. Now, we need to understand that for the Jews, to know means to act. There is no gap. Whatever you know, you do. Amen? So the word of God says it has been given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to those that are outside, it's not given. So it's been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. The word mystery means it's what you don't know. It's not obvious to your observation. It's not obvious to your common understanding. It has to be revealed to you. All right? And time is one of those mysteries of the kingdom, the mysteries of God. Now let's go to our foundational scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision. You know, God speaks to us in visions and in dreams. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. It shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, I want you to focus on the time. Well, the Word of God says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, it says it's been given. Habakkuk 2, 3, it's been given. And there's an appointed time. There's an appointed time when the vision will manifest. The end will surely speak. I'm not lying to you. You haven't seen it yet. Maybe you don't understand it, but it's coming. Definitely it's coming. And the Lord is saying, though it tarry, though it's now on its course, though it's now running its course, it seems to you that it's not happening. But the Lord is saying, don't be overcome, don't be conquered by time. Don't be deceived by time and thinking that it's not working and thinking that it's not coming. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely 
come. It will not tarry. If you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, we're going digging into the mysteries of time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything, so this is inclusive, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. Now I want you to see that there are two dimensions that God is talking about here. A season is a duration. A season is never shorter than a day. I know that there are flowers that only bloom at night and they wither in the morning. A season means a duration of time. And the next one, a time to every purpose under the heaven, it's talking about the appointment. It's talking about the occurrence. So we are talking about a duration of time. We're also talking about the occurrence of an event. I want you to understand that the word time means a set time. A season. The Hebrew word is half, which is exactly the same as the Greek word karos. Half and karos means an appointed time, the opportune time. A lot of times we don't understand why so long? Why does it take long, so long? Are you healing me, God? Are you providing for me? Are my prayers being answered? You know, why does it take so long? Have you ever asked that question? I have, <laughs> many times. What does take time? Let me ask you. When you plant a seed into the soil, does it take time for the seed to germinate? Does it take time for the seed to sprout? And after it has sprouted, doesn't it take time for it to grow, to shoot? Doesn't it, doesn't it take time for it to flower, to bloom? Doesn't it take time for the flowers to grow, to become fruit? There is a time. There is a process. There is a duration of time. God is the creator but how many of us know that he can sanctify us instantly? Sanctification takes time. Faith takes time to build. Knowledge takes time to receive. Revelation takes time to run its course. So that you experience not just had knowledge, so you experience experiential knowledge, which is the highest Knowledge, knowledge that you experience. When you talk about healing, you get healed. When you talk about guidance, you get led. When you talk about provision, you get provided for. The word manifests. The word becomes flesh. The word becomes an experience for you in your life. And when Jesus said that I have come, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. A life filled with divine manifestations. A life that bears fruit. A life that's filled with experiential knowledge. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we talk about the duration or the length of time. Now let's look at John chapter 7 verse 6. John 7 verse 6. This is Jesus talking. He said, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Can you see the difference? Jesus is sensitive to the Father's timing. He's aware of the Father's calendar. He's sensitive to kingdom timing. But for somebody who doesn't know kingdom timing, somebody who doesn't know God's calendar, 
you think you're always ready. Time doesn't bother you. But Jesus is spiritually alert, and Jesus is kingdom time sensitive. And that's the key to his success. He's aware of the dimension of time. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 56. Luke chapter 12, verse 56. Now they paid a high price because they did not discern the time of their visitation. They missed the time of their visitation. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew the letter of the law. They knew their Bible inside out, but they could not discern the time of their invitation, of the Lord's visitation. The Messiah was standing in the midst of them and they missed it. They had their visitation right in their midst and they missed it. And that's why Jesus said, how is it? How is it that you do not discern this time? Implying that they could have and they paid a high price for that. Timing is very, very important. Jesus challenged the religious people of his days who knew the letter of the law, who claimed to be so biblically knowledgeable, yet did not discern the time. So Jesus is telling us that it is essential and is vital that we, as his church, the members of his body, to discern of to discern the time and be aware of the Father's calendar. Words that are translated as time in the King James Bible or different translations. The number one word, Greek word translated as time, is the word chronos. That's where we get the word chronology. Chronos. Chronos means God created time. Remember, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, God created time. Why? To rule the earth. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first verse of our Bible, in the beginning, in the beginning, and then morning and evening. If you read Genesis chapter 1 and all the way, you notice that there is the mention of beginning. If there's a beginning, that means we're counting time. And there's morning and there's evening. And then you have the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day. So what's that? Those are time indicators. Time indicators. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14, let's look at that. Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. So even without your watch, even without your time clock, heaven gives us time. Even without our calendar in terms of months and years, seasons give us times. The planet Earth that we're living on, that we're living on. Now, we've heard about the tsunami. We've heard about the earthquakes. We need to understand that we are living on a planet. You're not living in eternity yet. You're living on a planet Okay, And the planet is material. It is not spiritual. Okay, So the planet Earth is in a lease. How many of you understand the word lease? Lease means there is a beginning and there is an end to one's habitation. There is a beginning and there is an end. So there is a timeline for this planet. There is a timeline with a beginning and an end as far as this planet is concerned. The Word of God says that even heaven and earth will pass away. That means there is a time frame even for the visible heaven that we are seeing. 
But as far as the eternal heaven that we're going to, we're not talking about the atmospheric heaven. We call it the sky. As far as the eternal heaven that we're going to, there is no time. It's eternity. There is the absence of time. It's all good all the time. It's all good all the time. And you have instant results. The minute you pluck out an orange, pluck off an orange from a tree, another one will come out. So there will be instant results and there will be glorious miracles all the time. That's why nobody will be sick. Okay? Everything is happening in its optimal design without the constraint of time. Without the constraint of time. As far as our physical, natural existence is concerned, our life on the earth is in a timeline. You and I, we have a beginning to our life and we are going to have an end to our life. And our life is called our time span or your longevity, your time span. We are interacting with different timelines as well. My timeline is interacting with your timelines. Our timelines now all are working together at this moment. My timeline is working with the sign with the, the sound desk. They are running together with my timeline. We call it coordination of events. And we all know that there are different time zones. Where we are now is different from the people in Hong Kong, different from the people in Indonesia, the people in the Philippines. We have different time zones. We have time portals. When time will open a door for us to receive the windows of heaven being open to receive the blessings of heaven. And also there are time traps. When the devil would trap you, set up a trap to hurt you, to lie to you, to destroy you. There are time bombs from the enemy. Devil's target and devil's scheme and plan to attack. But God said in Psalm 91 verse 16, Psalm 91 verse 16, God said, with long life, that means I'm giving you plenty of time. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. So what is time for? Time is for God to show himself strong on your behalf. It's for God to give you his miracles. It's for God to show himself that he is so real to you. And he will intervene with your time. He will intervene with your time. Heaven's time will come into your time. And that's when we have the opportune time. The Kairos. So we understand that God's will supersedes all. No matter what's happening in our time, in, our in the time of the world, the will of the Father supersedes all. His kingdom rules over all. Let's go to Psalm 90 verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12. This will become clearer and clearer to you as I teach, as you listen. So teach us to number our days. Number. Number is very, very important in the Bible. There is one whole book called the book of Numbers. So teach us to number our days. When you talk about the computer, when you talk about programming, numbers. When you talk about finances, number. All right. So teach us to number our days. When you talk about your life, your, your, your longevity, we're talking about numbers. When we're talking about time, we're talking about numbers. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So to number means to be time-wise. W-I-S-E. To be time-wise, to be intentionally organized in order that you can be efficient and fruitful. Not living a random life, 
Not allowing circumstances and situations and emotions to rule you, but you rule over emotions. You rule over situations and circumstances. You refuse to be provoked. You refuse to react. You are indeed above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. You have control over your life. And that is the will of God. The will of God is for us to have control over our lives. The will of God is that you be mobile. It's not the will of God for you to be locked down to lose your mobility. It's not the will of God for you to be sick, to be paralyzed and lose your mobility. It's not the will of God for you to be depressed and can't feel good and holy emotions. It's not the will of God for us to be mentally crazy and not be able to think freely. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. The will of God is against captivity. Amen. He's against captivity. Amen. We don't need any excuses for us to stay captives. I don't want any excuses so that I be locked down, so that I become immobile. No. Amen. Let's fight for God's freedom. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. To live with a goal, to have control over your life, to live with a purpose, to be good stewards of our time. Remember, when you talk about your life, you're talking about your time. When you talk about your time, you're talking about your life. How old are you? 40. That means you have lived 40 years of time. How old are you? 20. That means you have lived 20 years of time. Times that a year, how many days in a year, how many hours in a day, how many minutes in an hour, that tells you how long you have lived. So time is a duration, it's also a passage. We travel through time. Every day. You travel through time. Every day, you live through time. From the beginning to the end. That's your lifespan on the earth. And time never stops for anybody. Time never stops. Time has to run its course to fulfill its mission to achieve its purpose. The generation... The generation before us, they had lived their time. It's now our time to live our time. The generations coming, they will have their share of time as well. Can we say amen? Now, can I ask you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if we can have that, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, I give you time if you could read that yourself. It's a very, very important chapter. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There is a season for every one of us. Every one of us we have seasons and every one of us we have purpose, our God-given purpose and also our own purpose. And all these things happen, and then you continue to read verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. All these things happen in time. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Everything, go to verse 3, verse 4, okay? All these things happen because we are in the realm of time. All the events in your life happen because you are in the realm of time. So the Earth needs the passage of time. Now remember, the planet that we're living in or living on is material. It's not spiritual. Okay? So the earth needs the passage of time to yield its fruit. If you're growing vegetables, you're growing fruit in your garden, it takes time to give you a harvest, to give you a return. It takes time for a mother to get pregnant. It takes time for a mother, for a woman to grow the baby in her womb. 
It takes time to grow. It takes time for a lobster to shed its skin. It takes time for a caterpillar to turn to become a butterfly. It takes time to grow a child. It takes time to heal a wound. It takes time to mature emotions. It takes time to build character. It takes time to sanctify our soul. It takes time to destroy all the evils that have found their way into our soul. It's easier to deal with what's on the outside of us than to deal with what's on the inside of us. And that's why you think, why God, why? Because God can't do anything without our free will agreeing to do it with him. Time is our God-given environment. What we do will produce either positive or negative results for us. We need to understand this is very, very important. Every man on this planet Earth is given a free will. Not one of us is born a slave. Every person is born with a free will. And that free will cannot be crushed. It cannot, it cannot be manipulated. The free will cannot be crushed. The free will cannot be manipulated. Every person has to choose to live a certain way. Choose to love. Choose to live. Choose not to be angry. Choose not to hate. Choose not to murder. Choose not to be offended. Your choices become your life. And that's why God is sovereign. That's why people ask, why, if God is sovereign, why do people go to hell? Because he can't help you. His hands are tied by our free will. Do we understand? God has not made us parrots. He has made us free-willed people. Where there is no liberty, there is no love. There is no love if there is the absence of free will. If you can't choose, then you are not loved. Okay, are we understanding it better? So God is, has given us time as our environment. Every one of us has 24 hours a day. Whatever time zone you're in. And our stewardship will decide what we get out of those 24 hours. We are called to be stewards of our time. To be a steward of your life means you are a steward of your time. Otherwise, you're lying. When we have a planner, when we have a calendar, it helps us to organize our time, to plan and use our time. Because when you can see it in front of you, then you have control over it and you can plan it. You then can be the master over your life because you are the master over your time. Remember, time is life and life is time. So to give God my life is to give God my time. Another word that's translated as time in the Bible is the word karos. Karos in Greek means the right time, the opportune time. This is to do with timing, the due season. And that's why we read Jesus said in John 7 verse 6, he said, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Referring to our sensitivity to kingdom timing. Our sensitivity to God's leading, God's timing. So it's important for us to be time-wise, time-sensitive, and alert to kingdom time. To be able to be discerning is to be wise. To go beyond the natural observation of time. Beyond that, to the spiritual understanding of the assignment or the use of time. 
God's appointed time, God's appointed seasons for kingdom assignments. When you miss the time, you get into a wrong perspective. When you get into a wrong perspective, you get into a wrong course and you miss, miss it all. So go to Luke chapter 19, verse 44. This is a very important scripture. Luke 19, verse 44. Are we doing okay? Luke 19, 44. Okay, I want you to read the last part of that scripture. Because you know not the time of your visitation. I believe that Sunday morning, Sunday service, the Sabbath is the time of our visitation. I believe that God visits us on a Sunday morning when we are together in a service. When we intentionally give him our time, he intentionally gives us his time. Our timelines meet. Your timeline and God's timeline meet. The world calls it coincidence. The Bible calls it divine timing. So it's good for us not to miss the time of our visitation. Let's lift up our hands and say, Lord, I want divine appointments from you. One more time, divine appointments. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Distractions will keep us away from our visitations from God. Distractions and emotions can cloud our vision mislead and deceive us, cause us to run astray, go astray and miss our visitation. Every one of us is on a timeline. That means you're on a course. You're on a course. How many of you know that you can go astray? That means you go down the wrong path. You miss your course into the wrong course. How many of us know that the Israelites, they wandered, W-A-N-D-E-R. To wander means to go astray for a long time. How long did they wander in the wilderness? Forty years. What's the meaning of the word efficient? Efficient means time-wise. Efficient means I can do something powerfully, effectively within a short time. No time wasted. And that's why in heaven there are instant results because there are no times wasted. Wandering in the wilderness, they've wasted their time and a lot of them died in the wilderness. Remember last Sunday we talked about we don't suffer for the sake of suffering. We don't suffer just because suffering will sanctify us. No, suffering doesn't sanctify us. It's revelation that sanctifies us. You suffer for a reason. You suffer for a purpose that you may grow thereby and defeat the devil. Can we say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So we need to know our time of visitation with God. Amen. Now the key is that the time of invitation, the time of visitation can come in your inconvenient moment. God can visit you when it's not convenient for you. How many of you have had the Lord waking you up in the middle of the night or in the early morning hours? How many of you have had God visiting you when you're busy doing your job? So the visitations from God can come in an inconvenient moment. Just when we are about to settle down, when we are about to retire, and God says, move on, advance. Or just when you think that I've got everything planned and worked out, and then God says, I've got a different plan from yours. Rise up, go the way that I'm telling you. What are we talking about? We're talking about karos. We are talking about God's timing. How many of you have come across the word suddenly in your Bible? Amen. Suddenly. Suddenly. What about the man? You know, he had been waiting at the pool. Bethesda. Every time he had done his best, you know, I'm trying to, to go and to be the first one to jump into the pool, but that somebody would be ahead of me. 
And when Jesus came to him, he's like, I've had it. I've lost my expectation now. You know, I've done this again and again and again. So Jesus had, talk, had to talk him, had to talk him out of unbelief. Why? Because he's had disappointments. Be very careful about disappointments. Disappointment means you have been ripped out of your appointment. Disappointment can distract you. Disappointments can rob you of God's visitation. And that's why you have to be stronger on the inside than the circumstances and situations on the outside. Offenses will come. There's no point arguing. Why am I offended? Why did she offend me? Why did they offend me? I mean, I've go around that circle. I mean, I've go around that mountain so many times. I don't want to go around it again. <laughs> Offenses come to everybody, anybody, for whatever reason. So it's no, it's no point asking why, why, why. No, it's time to say I'm overcoming it. <laughs> this is the last time. <laughs> I'm not going around that mountain anymore. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. It's not about somebody else. It's not whether they've done it right or they've done it wrong. You do it right. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God says, I'm heading, advancing. I'm heading for another direction. Will you follow me? And then what did they have to do? The Israelites, they had to pack their bags and go. <laughs> Read your Old Testament. So be expectant and live ready for heaven's visitation on the earth. Because we need to understand that we deal with our own timeline. We are very subjective. Our feelings are very subjective. When you mature, you start to step back and think about others' timeline. And you think about others, you know, what's happening in their lives. But primarily, we are very subjective because that's the way we live. But if you put yourself in God's position, God has to deal with so many lives, a lot of timelines. And that's what we call divine orchestration of events. What's best for everybody? How we work together for good? How do we coordinate our different timelines and work together? Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. So it's important for us to have time of worship, time of prayers, time to wait on the Lord so that we get a high perspective. So that we are not so into our subjective emotions and our subjective thinking and our subjective timeline. Does it make sense? Amen. Glory be to God. So that's why it's so important to live by dedication, submission, and commitment as far as the kingdom is concerned. Dedication, submission, and devotion, commitment. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Why? Because then you're ready all the time. Amen. Let's look at Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Mark 13, verse 33. And this is what Jesus is saying. He said, take you heed, watch and pray. Because it's so important that you get the bigger picture. It's so important that you get the global picture. I find it a bit difficult here in Australia because here your international news is very, very, um, not very much available. Uh, I love to know what's going on globally. Amen? Because our God is the God of the whole earth, right? Amen? So we need to watch and pray. We need to know what's happening around us. Watch and pray so we get the heaven's perspective. We know what's happening globally. We know what's happening in our lives. We know what's happening in our community. Jesus said, take you heed, watch and pray for you know not what the time is, when the time is. How many of us know that God is a planner and he has a calendar? Amen. Amen. We need to get into God's calendar. That will be another lesson. Okay, so our time of communion with God is very important because that's when timing will be revealed to us. Go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. 
If we are simple, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, simple means foolish in the Bible, okay? Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, if you're foolish, then you will just look at time. See, this still has not happened. That means it's not happening. It still has not happened, so it's not happening. And you come to an early conclusion. No, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary. To be weary means you have been depleted. Time has overcome you. You've lost your passion. You've lost your excitement. You've, you've lost your first love. So don't be weary in well-doing for in due season. Karos. We shall reap if we faint not. That means when you faint, you lose it. Because when you faint, before you know it, you give up. And that's why the devil is a discourager. Discourage means take away your courage. To wear you out. To deplete you. So you, you don't have the energy. And he's like a vampire that sucks the energy out of you. That sucks the passion out of you. You know, as soon as the Lord tells you to do something, there are so many contra con what's the word? contradicting voices, contrasting voices, and reasoning and all this and all this. And before you know it, oh, okay, maybe I've heard God wrong. Your passion is gone. Your spirit is dampened. Your rationale has taken over. And the next time when God tells you to do something, again, you go back to your rationale. You go back to consult the people around you. And the Lord's saying to you, when are you going to hear me? When are you going to hear me? When are you going to hear me without consulting the people around you? Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's give him our years, our first priority. Amen. Lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, I give you my first priority. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we see that there's a correlation between chronos and karos. Chronos, how we do time every day, births karos, the opportune time. The world calls it opportunity. So how you do time usually will give birth to your divine karos. Appointments, visitations from heaven, opportunity. Amen. So exercising discipline over our soul is vital to receiving heaven's provision. Because all the distractions come from our soul. Can we say amen? Listen to me. Karos or opportune time or visitations from God can also be seen as a time of testing, a trying time, a suffering time for the flesh. If Jesus had given up, if Jesus had been discouraged, if Jesus had been frustrated with the people around him, including his disciples who left him, including his disciples who betrayed him. He would never have gone to the cross. If he had considered the sufferings, he would never have gone to the cross. Then he would have missed the visitation of God for the home of mankind. Jesus is very strong with spiritual discipline. He mastered his soul. Remember, he didn't come as a God. He came as a man. The Bible says that he was at all points tempted as we are. Temptations seek to take us away from our due course. Joseph, remember, Joseph had been foretold. God gave him a dream when he was a teenager. Told him beforehand the appointed time will happen to him. That he's going to be in a ruling position. Everybody will bow before him, including his family, including his father. And what happened? Right away he got ridiculed, he got mocked at. Dismissed that dream. You're silly, you're such a silly boy. But then, what? Though the vision tarry, 
Wait for it. It will surely come. When the time came, nobody recognized it. It was a time of betrayal for him. A time when he was sold to another country as a slave by his own family. It's a time of slander. He was slandered by Potiphar's wife and put in jail. The caress moment. Who would have thought that is a caress moment? Who would have thought that is his opportune time? When he was in jail, when he was at the lowest moment of his life. And then from prison, he was promoted to become next to Pharaoh. It matters very much how we go through trials and temptations. It matters very much how we go through hard times. Those are the moments when the heat is on and the junk that is in our soul needs to be dealt with. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. We are all growing How many of you, before you take a shower, before you take a bath, you want to make sure that you're dirty first? (laughs) We don't do that, right? We know we need to have a shower. We we know we need to have a bath. You know, I don't smell myself before I take a shower. (laughs) So God knows when we need a shower. (laughs) God knows when we need to have a bath and there is no shame. There is no shame. When we make a mistake, there is no shame. Praise the Lord. The good thing is that when we know the junk that is on the inside, praise God, the devils are exposed. When you don't know, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It's just that they are in hiding. (laughs) When we know, that's when devils are exposed. When they're exposed, they can't stay. Amen. So when you're going through those trying times, those difficult times, rejoice. Amen. And declare, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Come on, say it with me. I'm going higher. I'm going higher. I'm seeing better. I'm being promoted. Amen. Hallelujah. In God's prophetic timeline, darkness always comes before the dawn. Darkness always comes before the dawn. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. Now, I used to go through those moments, you know, when I was going through trials and temptations. I felt it so hard, you know. I felt so crushed. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm such a bad pastor. You know, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Until the Lord said, stop. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. You have to believe. That you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You are a holy child of God. Amen. You are an important person. You are a good person. Come on, say it with me. I'm a good person. One more time. I'm a good person. One more time, I'm a good person. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. If you look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord, the reverential worshipful fear of God, is the instruction of wisdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Instruction of wisdom. Now, I want you to highlight this. And before honor is? Before honor is? How many, of us love, how many of us loves humility? Not much. <laughs> and yet it's an essential ingredient in our lives. And if you look at Proverbs 18.12, verily, verily, two times repeated. Proverbs 18.12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. How many people do we have here? Is that talking about us? This word man means human. It's not male or female. How many men do we have here? Lift up your hands if you are a man. (laughs) So this is talking about us, right? So before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, means proud. 
And before honor is humility. So let's embrace humility. Amen. Can we lift up our hands and embrace humility? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So why is that so? We need to understand the devil will set you up. He will set you up to push you so that you have a great fall. The devil will set you up for a big fall. You think you're so great. You think you're doing so well. You have a high promotion in your younger days when you were young. The devil will set you up for the fall, but God will promote you to stay long and have good results. God will lay a strong foundation so that you won't fall from those high places that he put you on. Amen. Isn't that important? So don't let the enemy set you up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God's kairos, opportune time, will turn things around for us for good. So let's stay positive. When you stay positive, you will get the positive. In the time of COVID, in the time of the pandemics, let's look for the silver lining. When you're in the middle of catastrophes, when you're in the midst of darkness, what do you look for? The light. When you're in the midst of darkness, what do you look for? Light. When you're in the midst of darkness, what do you look for? Light. So in the time of the pandemic, in the time of COVID, we look for light. In the time of the lockdown, we look for freedom. Do you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, my caros is coming. My opportune time is coming. I'm in God's prophetic time. I'm in God's prophetic timeline. I am sowing and my harvest time is on its way. I'm ready. I'm expecting with a good attitude and a good heart towards all men. Amen. Let's finish with the virgins. Matthew chapter 25. Read that for yourself. How many virgins were there in the parable? Ten. Ten is the number of completion. All right. How many without oil? Wrong. They all had oil. But they did not all have extra oil. They all had oil. They carried the vessel with oil on the inside. But five carried extra oil. Five did not have extra oil. Why? He is the revelation. Why didn't the other five that didn't have extra, why didn't they go to buy? They were waiting anyway. Now they didn't have extra oil and the bridegroom took extra time to arrive. Obviously, those that didn't have extra oil, how many of you have had, like when you drive your car, you know that your petrol is coming to an end, right? And then you thought, mm, I could make it to church. I'll do it after. Yes? So it took the bridegroom extra time to arrive. And those five virgins that didn't have extra oil, they couldn't make it. They thought that they could barely get by. I'm sure my oil would be sufficient to take me to the bridegroom's house to just to do that journey, which is not too long anyway. This is a revelation. Don't just barely get by. Don't be a barely get by Christian. Be a Christian with a storehouse. Be a Christian with extra oil. Can we say amen? How many of you love to have a storehouse? 
What did David, what was he sent to Egypt to do? To build a storehouse in the time of famine. I don't just study healing scriptures when I'm sick. I prepare. I don't just study provision scriptures when I'm poor. I prepare. Build a storehouse. Build your storage. Build your storehouse. Build your storage. I don't just study parenting when I'm pregnant or when I have children. Build your storehouse. Build your storage. Can we say amen? Don't just barely get by. Don't just study how to be a good husband. Don't just study how to, get, how to be a good husband when you're dating somebody or when you're getting, when you're about to get married. Get ready. <laughs> study, learn the Word of God. The Word of God is where the oil is, it's where the anointing is. Amen. And lastly, the word that's translated as time in the Old Testament, the appointed time, is the Hebrew word moed. Moed means the set time. How many of you know that when a woman is pregnant, there is a set time to give birth? Well, men try to ruin it, but there's a set time of maturity for, for the, uh, the fetus. Let's look at Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Genesis 18, 14. Genesis 18, 14. This is God talking. He said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. How many of you remember what happened to Sarah when she heard this? She laughed. Why? Because in the beginning, she was believing God. Yes, I would have a son. Yes, I would have a son. I've confessed. I've prayed. I have believed. Yes, I would have a son. But she had become so, so, uh, what's the word? Worn out. Her faith had stretched for so long, and she had become so worn out. She said, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yes, yes. <laughs> God had to put her back into her faith. Because <laughs> she didn't have the extra. Frustrations are very, very deadly. You might have been frustrated in the past, but don't keep them so that you miss your future. Don't allow your past to destroy your future. Whatever is not worth remembering, forget. Amen? Yes, there are devils on the earth. They are hard. They are tough. Sicknesses, poverty, pandemics. Yet there is a God who is over and above them. As far as this pandemic is concerned, this COVID-19 is concerned, go with me to Job chapter 38. Job 38, verse 11 to 12. Job 38, verse 11 to 12. I've texted this to you. Let's read that together. Job 38, verse 11 to 12 in the English Standard Version. Thus far shall you come and no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? There is a structure in the realm of the spirit. Yes, there are devils around. There are hard times. There are difficult times. But they can only go so far. It's just like the waves. They can only come in so far to the shore and they have to retreat and go back. Can we say amen? God has marked his boundaries. God has marked his line. And devils are not allowed to come in anymore. That saith the Lord. His word, heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God will never 
pass away. So the word of God, let the word of God be stronger in you and to you than all your disappointments and frustrations and experiences of life, circumstances and situations. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Can we say amen? Yes, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Give him a big hand of praise. That's when his sovereignty comes in. His sovereign over sickness and disease. Sovereign over all the attacks of the devil. Sovereign. Sovereign. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Amen. We worked with his calendar. Let's work with his timeline. The two timelines... The timeline of the world that takes people all the way to death. How old are you? 60. About to die. Who said so? If you look at time and look at your life as a timeline, you won't be bothered. God's timeline takes us all the way higher and higher to heaven. God's timeline makes you a stronger person, a better person, a more glorious person. So let's follow God's timeline. His timeline is prophetic. His timeline takes you to a great future. Hallelujah. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you and thank you for your people here this morning and all those that are watching online on the internet. Yes, Father. Amen. We praise you and thank you that Jesus had come.